Welcome to the Shared Share Podcast, Stories from School, where we tell each other stories and we learn from listening. Okay, I am Angel Dean from Grand Haven High School, and I'm sitting here with Madison Billadeau my next student that I'm going to interview, otherwise known as Maddie. Um, Maddie was a student in my classroom in the, the cross country team is running by right now, just a second. <laughs> um, so Maddie was a student in my English 10 class, honors English 10, I believe, yeah. 10th grade. In 11th grade, she was in my English 11 class through all of 11th grade. And then in 12th grade, I had her as a student again in contemporary literature. So for two and a half years, we've been together. And it's been really a privilege to be your teacher and to get to know you beyond the classroom, too. She is smart. She is witty. She is 100% unique. Call Richardson, please call extension 6294. Melissa Richardson, please call We were chatting before this recording started, and we were doing just fine. All of the distractions came on after the recording started, but I'm going to carry on. Um, so unique, funny, witty, smart, caring, gentle, and has gone through a whole lot of stuff to arrive at a place that I would like uh, to have her story told to some other people. So with that, would you tell us a little bit about yourself, Maddie? So I'm 17, about to turn 18. I'm going to Ferris for business management in fall 2022. And I don't really know what to say about myself. Well, what makes, what do you like about yourself? What makes you tick? What are um, your, you can say your future plans or some exciting things that have happened. You got a new pet. Do you want to tell us about him? Um, That's I, pretty cool. Yeah, I, I just got a new bird <laughs> who I'm being approved to bring to college with me, which is going to be pretty exciting. Why are you bringing him to college? For emotional support. <laughs> I really, no, I was like, I have enough problems to get a, approved for this, so I did it. <laughs> Tell us about him. So he's, that bird is sassy. He likes his dad better. <laughs> and... He just, he's just full of attitude. He likes to eat a lot. But other than that, he's a pretty good bird. I'm trying to teach him how to say weird things right now. <laughs> he's a parrot. What kind of yeah. parrot? A green cheek conure. Yeah. And he's a baby. Yeah, baby. Like oh. two months old. He's a little guy. How long do they live? They live up to 40 years, I yeah. think. Yeah. You're going to have that bird for your yeah. entire adolescence through adulthood yeah gonna and i want to be a crazy bird person Mm -hmm. that's kind of my goal in life so Mm -hmm. my goal in life so business administration at ferris aka crazy bird person (laughs) well i mean i want to i'm planning i have a business right now um where i sell crystals and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but i want to expand it and i'm learning to start tattooing right now and I want to expand it into a tattoo shop made for people with things like autism or ADHD because I have ADHD and I've been in a tattoo shop and it can be scary and you just kind of get zoned out and forget where you are. And I think it would be more comfortable if people had a safe space they could go 
where they also can get, you know, crystals are meant to be calming. And if that was all in the same place, it would be so much better. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you can see why I like this kid. <laughs> we've, we've got the bird, we've got the tattooing, we've got the ADHD, we've got the crystals. Like, there's, she's just so stinking cool. So you want to, business administration, you want to run a shop where you can do all that stuff. Yes. But you've also talked about being a therapist, right? Yeah, and, you know, I think I can honestly be a therapist through my tattooing. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've, I obviously have a tattoo, I've, and I go there a lot to get piercings and tattoos, and I go to get my hair done sometimes, and I feel like that is always therapeutic to be able to talk to somebody while you're getting something like that done. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if anybody, like, I'll have it be known that it's a safe space to talk about anything and, like... I, I feel like I can be a good therapist because I've gone through a few, quite a few things. So I feel like I can relate to some things. And even if I can't relate, I feel like I'm an empathetic person. Mm -hmm. You have that, what Cheryl Strayed calls radical empathy. Like your first, I've noticed in the last couple years, your first place is to start with your experience but not your experience like in an egocentric way, but your experience in a how can I connect with you kind of a way. And you're incredibly sensitive, like on, at the core of your being. I remember walking with you during that suicide awareness walk that we did. And we talked, I mean, was it an hour or two? Yeah. And we just walked around the track over and over and over again. And we, we cried, we connected. It was really fundamentally shifting for me like I won't forget that there's something really special about you you know and I could see you being a tattoo artist with the bird on your shoulder oh, yeah. having people pour out their feelings to you and you making everybody who walks through the doors of your business feel like they have a place a lot of people who don't necessarily have those places in other areas of their lives so tell us about you know, one of those experiences that has shaped you that you think contributes to who you are today? I mean, one of the experiences that I feel like has shaped me the most is um, probably, you know, my childhood. It wasn't great. I, you know, I didn't see my dad that much because he was in prison. And then when I did, um, things were pretty tough. His wife wasn't the nicest person. She was pretty verbally, you know, mentally abusive. She could be physically abusive a few times. And that's really hard for a kid to process somebody acting like a child. How but old were you? I was around six, five or six. And I, at the time, I felt like I was more mature than her. You know, <laughs> it was weird. Which is crazy for a six-year-old to... To even think, uh, you know, I didn't as a six-year-old say, I'm more mature than you. I didn't think those kinds of thoughts. I thought yeah. I knew everything, but I didn't think I was more mature than people that, than adults that were around me necessarily. And um, I would hazard a guess that maybe you were. <laughs> so carry on. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, so she basically kicked me out without reason. And I think I'm starting to put the pieces together now that I'm older. Um, she kind of kicked me out when I was around seven 
And when she, this was going to be the last time I saw my dad, like, at his house, or we'd be able to see each other, you know, outside of my grandma's house. So, and I didn't really know that, but I think he knew that. He took me out to the woods and, you know, assaulted me. And, you know, I haven't told anybody except for my boyfriend because it's been like, you know, I haven't even really talked to my therapist about it because it happened so long ago and there's no evidence and I feel like people wouldn't really take it seriously. But I know people would, Mm -hmm. but I feel like if law enforcement got involved, it would just be this long thing. And, you know, that's what I'm trying to avoid. But I just... um, Your mom knows too, right? Yeah, I I brought it up to my mom once when I was like 12 maybe because I wasn't able to, you know... um, You know, I didn't feel normal. Mm -hmm. And just, yeah. So that happened. And I started self-harming when I was around seven I was into crystals even then, and uh, unfortunately, I would get a bunch of, you know, the crystals, and I would throw them at myself until I started bleeding, and... So you were harming yourself with the crystals, which had the energy to heal. Yeah, I didn't You were using that exact thing, the irony. Yeah, and I didn't even know what they were for at that age, (laughs) so I was just like... So I was just like, oh, rocks, you know, uh-huh. but yeah. And, uh, you know, that progressed into hurting myself in different ways. And, you know, um, I self-harmed up until I was 16. I self-harmed up until May 21st of 2021. Um, I had actually, at that point, I was almost to 600 days self-harm free. Mm-hmm. But um, my prom date ditched on me. I lost my job and something else I don't remember all on the same day and it was just you know I felt like my final straw but looking back you know that feeling I felt after I did it I was like why did I do that you know it feels so much better just to be nice to yourself and Mm -hmm. you know take anger or frustration or sadness out in healthy ways and that's what I've been being taught for years is just when you're feeling like everything's just hopeless, you can't give up because you'll just you'll just feel worse, honestly. You gotta you know, I saw on social media, like there's an alternative to hurting yourself. You like put ice on your arm or wherever you would do it and it will like make your arm cold and hurt a little bit but it won't actually hurt you mm-hmm. and I've tried that and it helps a lot it's a really practical <laughs> solution <laughs> I have never heard that and I don't know why I'm not laughing because it's funny it's just oh so uh, so how old were you it was May of 2021 when you were like that's enough right what but you've been learning that and being taught that for a long time what turned for you if you if there are listeners out there and I think don't you think a lot of kids deal with trauma and self-harm and all of these forces that kind of operate in your life oh yeah everyone I've met has told me a story about or at least all my friends has told me a story Mm -hmm. about you know their childhood or self-harm or anything like that 
So what would you offer as advice? I think I would just say, even though at that moment you feel like, you know, hurting yourself would be the only solution to how you're feeling, it's not. And just to think about how you'd feel afterwards, you know, I would come to school with bandages down both of my arms, all up to my shoulders, and it it would hurt for months. I had second degree burns all over my body, and you know, that pain afterwards, it's just not worth it. And it's just, a rem- you know, the scars I have, it, it reminds me of, you know, me hurting myself, but it, it also reminds me, you know, if you have scars, you can look back at them and be like, you know, this was a rough time in my life, but I'm so much stronger because I went through these things. Mm-hmm. And now here's how I can take this frustration out in a healthy way, you know? Listening to happy music, taking a walk. I love going out outdoors and just sitting there on my porch. It's my favorite thing to do when I'm frustrated. Mm-hmm. Simple pleasures. Just remembering that your life is beautiful and, you know, whether you like to believe it or not, there are so many people that would miss you if something ever happened to you. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, I've read and heard that a lot of people, like I remember listening to NPR and hearing the story, think that they are trouble or, or, or making life hard for the people that love them. And that it would be easier for them if they weren't here. You know, a very simplified version of that. Like, you're just creating difficulty for, for the people around you that love you. And I think sometimes for, for some people hearing, no, it would be harder for them if you weren't here, is sometimes enough to kind of nudge a person towards seeing that their life has meaning and value. That maybe for some people it's really difficult to see that you matter and that your life is beautiful. Even if that's absolutely true, and it is, a lot of people can't wrap their brains around that. But if they think, i, I got to stay here because I don't want to make things harder, because it will be harder for them if I'm not here, at least then they're moving toward that. It seems counterintuitive, but do you find that to be true? I do find it to be true because for a long time I felt like a burden to my parents because you know, hospital bills and, you know, therapy bills and everything. I just felt like, you know, if I was gone, there's so many things that they wouldn't have to deal with. But I I saw a video. I remember looking up reasons not to kill myself on YouTube. It sounds stupid, but (laughs) that video really actually helped me. Good. It made me realize that, you know, there might be those few things, but... If you were gone, there would be thousands of things that would just be so much worse without you. And I think about, you know, I've seen my mom's reaction when I've hurt myself really bad. And when I've been to Pine Rest, and I've seen her reaction in her face. And, like, hearing her cry when that happened made me never want to do it again. Mm-hmm. Like, just knowing that I'm so loved. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't do that to somebody. I think that's huge. That's really, really powerful. And what a gift it is to be loved like that. And to recognize that you 
love them back in the same way that even if you want this thing for whatever reason it's more important to remember that person love saves us like when I when I talk with Maddie and we have these kinds of conversations I always feel inept a little bit like here's a person and you haven't heard it yet but there's a sense of humor here that is entirely unlike anyone else's and she's fantastic to have in class and brings like her own unique perspective and, and just changes the fabric of the class with her humor and, and also her insights. And then in the last two and a half years, like my, her mom and I have talked here and there and just your mom, like you've mentioned her already a couple times and how much she loves you and stands by you. And I have found that to be true. Like the two of us have kind of connected a little bit here and there. And just she's such a good person and cares so much. Do you want to talk about her a little bit? Well, I love my mom a mm -hmm. lot. Yeah. You know, she's always been like my biggest supporter on everything. I opened my own business and... More than half of my orders are already from her. <laughs> <laughs> she, I say she's the reason I can write so well. Because she, I don't know, she was a librarian. She can read. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just feel like that might have boosted me a little bit. <laughs> and um, she's always been so supportive of everything I do. You know, she's a mom. She tells me when things are bad ideas, you know. <laughs> She, she's honest with me, and that's what I love so much about her is that she can be honest with me, and she can say, hey, maybe you should rethink this, like not dating people you meet at the mental hospital. And, you know... <laughs> Which, that didn't go so well. No, it didn't go so well. <laughs> so your mom was right. Um, yeah, but just... Yeah, I could talk about my mom for hours because, I don't know, just, like, every, she's so funny and she's so pretty and just, Aww. like, I don't know. She's just a great person, and she always has cared so much about my brother and I, mm -hmm. and you can really see it through her actions, and, you know, she just, she actually really cares, mm -hmm. and it's nice to know that. That will get you through anything again like that force of love that powerful especially the love of a mother you know and she is she is ride or die for you all the way it's pretty special and I and I don't know that that can be taken for granted because I'm not sure that always it, it's like that and her being able to tell you that something is a bad idea <laughs> <laughs> and that she loves you you know, uh, it's not always easy for, for a parent to say that. So, no. I mean, one of the purposes of this is just to, to share your stories so people feel like other people are going through the same kind of stuff, experiencing the same kind of stuff, the same even joys of life, too, not just the sad stuff that happens well, to yeah, us. Well, yeah, I kind of wanted to go about, you know, I was bullied pretty bad in middle school because I was pretty much selectively mute throughout elementary school and I think all that talking just went in the back of my brain and came out all during middle school <laughs> and it's still coming out 
<laughs> I see the selective mute thing though. You do that. If you get overcome with your anxiety, uh, which happens, you will you will shut down. Oh yeah, yeah. I've no I've even noticed that like as I get older I realize, you know, things that I did when I was a kid, like touching my ears like this mm-hmm. and pulling on my earrings, I do that when I get nervous. And that it's, it's just always been a thing. Mm-hmm. Ever since, you know, my childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways. So. She just batted the air. <laughs> my childhood trauma. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so... So it all came out in middle school. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been called weird for a long time. And I just like to think of it like, you know, people like to call a lot of people weird. People like to say, oh, you're weird, you're weird, you're weird, you're weird. And that's the worst thing they can say about you because I don't care. I'm hilarious. <laughs> like, the people that have gone through the most crap are the funniest people you will ever meet. I mean, my friends have gone through so much you know my boyfriend has gone through so much and he's hilarious like it's just everyone I know that's been through trauma is just a funny person Mm -hmm. and most of them have been called weird for being funny Mm -hmm. but I don't think there's anything wrong with being weird I used to be like oh I'm not weird I'm just I'm just different Mm -hmm. no it's fine I am weird and I accept it and I accept that you know People can think what they want about me, but, you know, I'm to the point in high school where I'm just like, you know what? They can call me weird. I I actually appreciate that I am now, mm-hmm. you know? I, you know, without being weird, there's no substance to your life. It's just Agreed. boring and just, you know, none of this will matter once I graduate. Like, I could become a famous, you know crazy person and like <laughs> everyone would be like oh <laughs> oh <laughs> what's gonna come next what do they say after that <laughs> oh my uh weird people make history right oh yeah jenny lawson is holding Made a living on it. Yeah, I think she's, like, my inspiration. <clears throat> After reading a few of her books, I've been like, that's who I want to be. Mm-hmm. I, I love writing, and I want to be like, hey, this is what happened to me. This is why I'm a weirdo. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love being weird. It's my favorite thing to do in my free time. <laughs> and in your all the time. Yeah. But, uh, but again, yeah, the weirdos. And there's so many of us. I would put myself in that category too. I was always the square, square peg, round hole kid, the oddball. Kids said the same stuff about me. And by and large, I was in denial of it until I got older. And then it was, yeah, you're calling it as you see it. And it's true. And, you know, I'm kind of okay with it. And then they all start coming to you, all the other people. And you realize you got your own little band of weirdos and, and you're actually the normal ones because you're just acknowledging it. You're not in denial about it. Yeah. And then you can be funny and humble and cool together. Yeah. Well, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna list some things off, and if you can relate to one of them, I'm very sorry. Check your boxes. Yeah. Check. And... Get get your checklist ready. Get your pencil out. <laughs> so there's been childhood trauma, sexual abuse. There's been every type of abuse. There's been you know, 
a little falling down the stairs action. Everybody, every kid falls down the stairs <laughs> or burns themselves. Every kid, my own, pulled the pulled the dishwasher down on top of herself oh. one day because it wasn't. We were renovating our kitchen, so the falling down the stairs. Both of my kids did that. Yeah, it's it happens. Okay, now get your pencils out again. Okay, if that ever happened. Redo. Um, <laughs> childhood trauma. there's been a little bit of bowling sprinkled in there (laughs) i'm not laughing because it's funny at (laughs) not gonna say their name good just for confidentiality reasons but otherwise i would carry on (laughs) nobody's gonna think anything (laughs) it's fine anyways um no i'm just i I just think I'm stronger in general because, you know, if you don't go through things like that, you're not going to know how to be equipped for them if they happen again in the future. Can you please say that a little bit louder for the folks in the back? Because that is something we don't talk about enough. We want to shelter our kids and put them in bubble wrap. And you don't wish hardship on people, but it's going to happen. And so, would seriously though, would you say that again? Because I think he's put that beautifully, and I agree one hundred percent. I think if you don't go through some hard things, you won't, you know, be equipped for hard things in the future. Even if it's a completely different hard thing, mm-hmm. you've been through something difficult before, and you know how you react to it, and you know how you can react to it differently again. Mm-hmm. Resilience and strength and options, flexibility, and the power of vulnerability, too. And honesty, I guess. So advice that you would offer then? Anything? Or as you reflect on it now, what do you give yourself credit for? Okay, I give myself credit for how I've been able to cope with it the past year. Because before that, it was, you know, how most people cope with you know, difficult experiences, you know, harming yourself, harming others, you know, not being the nicest, you know, I wasn't very nice to anybody at all. I, you know, freshman year, I was known for just not being a great person. And I'm just glad that now I can be like, oh, I'm just known for being, you know, loud a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it's so much better to be known for something like that than, you know, shielding who you actually are because of what you've gone through yeah. you know and it takes everyone a different amount of time to get over what they've been through you know like there there's just there's been a lot especially lately a few things have gone on and I feel like I'm handling them better than I would have mm-hmm. if I wouldn't have gone through things before mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't wish what happened on anybody but I'm almost glad they happened because I'm just, I'm ready to take on, you know, anything that happens, mm-hmm. honestly. It's pretty cool to be able to say, be, to be able to identify how strong you are before you're going out into the world and being that grown up. Like, you've already gone through the heavy stuff in many ways. And anything after this, like, it's going to be gratitude. You're welcoming challenges because you've survived challenges and you haven't just survived you've you've thrived and you have the scars to prove it and the scars as Jeanette Wall says show that you survived and there's beauty in that there's great beauty in that the human experience is about struggle 
and triumph. And that's, you are an embodiment of that. And I think it's one of the reasons I really respect you and wanted to talk to you because I admire that in you. And you're right, it takes everybody different amounts of time to get there. But here you are on the other side and you're grateful for the challenges that you faced in your life. And that means that those who have victimized you no longer have the power over you. No. You hold the power from those experiences and they've made you strong and they've made you beautiful and they've made you equipped, as you put it, to take on anything that comes your way. You know, and I'm taking action on something that happened a few years ago, right now. And I don't know, it just feels so good to, you know, finally feel free of what happened to me and, you know, just... You know, not everyone can tell their story and be comfortable with it. But I feel like telling my story will have people, you know, maybe have the courage to tell somebody they're really close to what's happened to them. Mm -hmm. Or maybe even more people. And just, you do, it might feel better at the moment to keep it all in. But the second I started letting a few things out at a time and just going you know this is what this is my story now I can talk about it and be like yeah this is what's happened to me and you know and I can also say this is why it's made me a better person mm -hmm. and you know just two years ago all I could talk about was oh you know I'm it's never gonna get better but it has gotten better a hundred percent that's saying it gets better it does it's true even if you don't want to believe it or even if you think it's a cliche, it really does. Especially if you're willing to do the hard work around that experience, the sharing, the honesty, the you, you can't be a coward. You have to face it. And that's probably the hardest part of all of it is turning and facing your demons. And as a student of mine put it once, making them work for you. Harnessing your demons and making them work for you. And you've you've learned how to do that. And that's an incredibly powerful gift. Yeah, I didn't think I would make it to 16 even, and now I'm five months away from being 18, mm -hmm. and I'm really excited about you that. You have a whole life ahead of there's, you. There's seriously so much I would have missed, and, you know, there's been some bad stuff, but, you know, everything, I'm glad that I didn't miss anything. Mm -hmm. There's so much good stuff and so much beauty, too. And you're here for it. Yep. And you committed to a bird that's going to keep you here for 40 years. <laughs> Maddie, I want to thank you. Is there anything else you want to say? I just wanted to say, you know, thank you to my parents for always supporting me. And thank you to my friends. I don't, very, I don't really have very much anymore, mostly from work. But the ones that have actually stuck by me, I appreciate them a lot. And also to Joran and his family for, like, taking me in like I'm their own. And, you know, that's been – I've appreciated that so much. Thank you for being here with me. I adore you. I respect you, and I'm so grateful for you. I'm going to miss you when you graduate next year, this year. But I'm excited for what's on the horizon for you. I'll your, stay in touch. I hope so. Yeah. In your tattoo shop, crystals, bird – Therapy.com LLC that <laughs> you're going to run. <laughs> I shortened it down to Div Divine Harmona, but 
Perfect. All right, we'll see you there. It was supposed to be Harmonia, but I typed it wrong. I haven't changed it for six months. And I got business cards with it. (laughs) So if you want a business card, reach out to ShareChair. (laughs) Thank you, Maddie. Thank you. Love you lots. That's it for this week's episode of the Share Chair Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at the Share Chair. Listen on our Spotify and SoundCloud or on our website, thesharechairpodcast.com for more.